living and surviving are two different things. Hi, everyone. It is me, Shar, your favorite corporate life coach. And today, oh my goodness, I have a treat for you. Yes, I do. I am talking to my new girlfriend, my new best friend. We just gel from the moment we met, and we'll talk about that. Rochelle Cartier. Cartier. She is a DEI. We're going to finally get into that topic. Disruptor. I love that. An advocate. So we're going to learn all about that because I know that you have been seeing this going on probably in your organizations. It's been all over the news. It's actually a new position um, in most corporations now that they've created. So we're going to find out what that is. We're going to talk, pick her brain and get a little bit of information about that. But most importantly, I'm sure my new girlfriend here is going to drop a lot of nuggets because I have been on her podcast and her live show on LinkedIn, where she has just been really disrupting the norm over there. Welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Shar, for the introduction. I appreciate it so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. I'm finally talking to you. So a little bit of background for the audience. How we met is that I was actually invited, thank you so much, to appear on your, one of your LinkedIn live sessions, which, wow, thank you for pairing me with those powerful women that was on there. You're welcome. Great discussion about dimming your light. I was so excited that I went and posted a little message right after, you know, because it was such an important topic. And then, um, so she is absolutely disrupting the norm when it comes to DEI in that space, keeping it real, keeping it raw, which is what we need these days. I love it. I love it. So tell me a little bit about what does it, what does it mean to be an advocate, DEI advocate? What is it that you do? No, it's interesting. It's a good question. Thank you again for the lovely introduction. <laughs> uh, you know, when we talk about DEI, it's really, they, they work intertwined with each other. So diversity, yes. equity, and inclusion, you know, are mutually reinforcing principles within an organization. So if you think of diversity alone, it's really insufficient right. to have a sense of belonging, right? Right. I think of it, which is inclusion and a sense of belonging so that there is also fairness, which is yes. equity. Yes. And that's, you know, that's, equally important when you're thinking of, of DEI. Yeah. So, you know, when I, when you say advocate, what is it exactly that I do? You know, I'm basically advocating on behalf of, you know, women of color who, right. You think of women of color in the workplace who have not utilized their, their voice because they knew their livelihood depended on getting paid. Yes. So, you know, the, the, the interesting part is that, you know, there's many times where we suffer microaggressions or yeah. the imposter syndrome mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, these terms, code switching, dimming our lights. Yes. Yes. Right. These are things that we go through in the workplace, not realizing we go through them because now it's become a survival mechanism. Yes. Yes. Survival. And I think that's a big word keyword, which I, you know, when we had our discussion, I talked about not even realizing that I was surviving. I was literally in survival mode. And that's why I was keeping my mouth closed 
you know, for almost lucky for me, not my entire career. I, I, I found out really quickly from being in HR that keeping my mouth closed is not going to help the masses. Right. Yeah. It, it, and it's interesting. You said keeping my mouth closed is not going to help the masses, but it also it dims your light. Who yes. is Char? Yes. How original is she? What can she bring to the table being of a diverse, you know, or a woman of color? You bring another opinion to, to the table. So right. it doesn't really benefit an organization because diverse teams are, you know, they make better decisions. There's more innovation. You know, they have more sh- shareholder returns. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, companies that value DER are stronger than those that, that don't. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings me to um, a very important question. I've always wanted to ask um, <laughs> my chief, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, advocate like yourself in the organization. That's a role now. It's a big role in organizations. My just coming from HR, where I feel like back then they wanted you to be this yes man to management. I'm a little nervous that this role is being created just to put a, a band-aid on whatever it is that's going on in the organization. Right. Um, that's, that's just my opinion. And I'm afraid that that's probably the mindset of management, but how can a DEI position consultant advocate that's, you know, going into an organization in that space, make sure that they don't become that yes man. And do you feel like, there is a possibility that some might succumb to that. I, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just nervous from my HR experience. That DEI plans won't be in, implemented is what yeah. you're saying. So, the, you know, it's a long process. It's not, a pro, it's not, you don't have one Band-Aid that will fix all. Yeah. You know, so it's important to be able to have the guidelines, the process, constant feedback, Know, parameters, what are they doing? What have they achieved? How do they feel? And to come back every couple of weeks to see if the plan is, is I mean, most likely it will work, especially right. if there are, if there is diversity in the, in the workplace and to make sure that, you know, we talked about that yesterday on the show and I'm, I'm happy you asked that. The, our guest said, if she had to do it again, if she had yeah. to work in corporate again, she would make sure that she was being represented. Yeah. Woo. Woo. That's good. That's she real make good. Sure. That's big because then, you know, once you have representation, then you have the support. Yes. You have the, you know, you have someone advocating for you. Advocate, what you are doing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Right? So it's, it's, that's what I'm doing. So it's basically to have someone advocate for women of color or people of diverse backgrounds so that they have that person to lean on because we work really hard. There's, you know, statistics and statistics say that women of color want the top positions. We're very ambitious. We're very detail oriented and we do more than what's expected of us. So who wouldn't want an employee like that? Yes. Right? We do more than what's expected of us. All the time. You just nailed it. Because honestly, I spent 
my entire career doing more than what's expected. A lot more because I felt like that was the only way to be noticed and recognized in the organization. Isn't that crazy? Is that survival mode again? That's survival mode again. And 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 you start doubting yourself because you think, well, yeah. if I'm not, it plays, it, it plays subconsciously on you. And you, you start thinking, well, I need to do more. But you're, the only reason why you feel you're doing more is because you're of color. Yeah. Yeah. And that if you don't, that you, and like you said, you won't be noticed. But even as you're not being noticed above and beyond the work that you're doing, like we've seen time and time again, you're passed up for, not you personally, but you know, women are passed up for promotions right? You know, or they take what they've done and they say, okay, well, the manager did this while well, it's right. the, you know, the person of color who did the work. So it's. Or being it's afraid not- to act for a promotion. Right. Being afraid to ask for a raise. Or that nervous feeling, oh my gosh, that feeling of what if, you know, and this shouldn't be where you think you're going to get fired because you actually requested what you deserve. Right. Ooh, I do not miss corporate America, let me tell you. I am, <laughs> I am happy to be on this side of the seat where I could help a lot more professionals, which you're doing as well. This is why our souls resonated as much as it did because, and I want to shift a little bit to, because I had a lovely conversation with you about all the work that you did on yourself, um, Mm. that self-work. Let me tell you, I think it's so important and it's the foundation for anyone to get to where is it in life that they really want to be, is that self-work. So, Tell me, let's talk about that a little bit, um, a little bit about your process in terms of how did you get to where you are now? I know you were in corporate America. Yes, I taught for 25 years. Yeah. And yeah, so I taught for 25 years. Between those, between that time, I did work for uh, top 500, for, you know, Fortune 500 companies mm. in Montreal. And... Again, it was like you, you know, it was a space that I wasn't familiar with because at home we were all Haitian. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, home was your nucleus and it's where you felt comfortable. And then I have to say code switch, which I didn't know I was doing until I went into the workplace. And I found over time, it played a big toll on my mental health, you know, physically as well. I I felt incapacitated, not incapacitated to walk or talk, but weakened by the system, burdened by the system. Yes. And again, it's where you don't say anything. Right. Right. You don't say anything. And then... And then in the interim, there was, you know, I journal write quite a bit. So I write in my journals. I've been doing affirmations for about 10 years. And you think after a while, the affirmations in journal works because you have somewhere to release yourself of all the pain and all the stuff that's going on in the workplace. And I think it can only do so much once you align yourself with who you really are. Right, right, right. And then come February, when I resigned, 
I, Ooh, I, I love it. You resigned. That's right. Take back. Right. Yes. Yep. I resigned in, in February and a friend called it. You had a burn in. She's like, God came to you and said, this is what you need to do. So I'm not going to call it a burnout anymore. <laughs> burn in. I like that. Burn in. Burn in. <laughs> and that burn in lasted a little while. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's don't bring me back to my burning stage. <laughs> I know it lasted a little while, but actually you're ahead of the game because it's only August. Right. Yes. It's only August. August. So it was it was a process of, okay, so this is what I'm going through. I've internalized it and I started telling people about it. And then once I started telling people about it, I realized I had more to say. Yeah. And then, you know, my journals changed, the affirmations changed. And then I was, I'm aligned very close with a friend of mine, Pierre, and he sent me a link for Tony Robbins. Mm. And I was at the, you know, epicenter of my burn-in. And I thought, why, Tony? And I, and I do follow him in the mornings. I do lots of stuff, you know, to prep me up for the day. And that, I think that workshop, shifted my mindset and we talk about a lot about mindset yeah you know lately yes yes right paradigm shift comes in the mind Hmm. and I realized did I cause my burden you know was I constantly having a negative dialogue for that I was attracting all the other you know signs that I couldn't see and then I thought well you know there is systemic racism there is microaggressions in the workplace um micromanagement in the workplace so I didn't take that on me I thought I've done the best that I could do and now it's time for me to start aligning myself with who I really am yes so Tony Robbins was actually he saved my mental health and And it it was phenomenal because it was good energy. And he talked about, you know, shifting the dialogue in the brain actually creates new neurotransmitters and you can actually change your DNA and your subconscious. Yes. So after four days, I thought I was literally flying without having to do anything extra. I was flying. Wow. This is a great feeling. You know, I didn't need anything else. I didn't need any prescriptions. I, I, I felt the dialogue was shifting and I knew, although I didn't have a backup plan, that there was something there for me and there was no one that was going to stop me this time. Wow. Key right there. Key. No one's going to stop you this time. I love it because that's all it really is, is you having that understanding that I'm doing it. I'm doing it this time. And there's nothing that's going to get in my way. Nothing. That's exactly it. It was, I had to couple the faith and the confidence and, you know, the internal dialogue had to switch. I, you know, conversations had to switch. I had, I no longer dimmed my light. And then I realized people are going to accept me for who I am. So I was no longer worried about how, and I'm 49. So you can imagine I carried this on for a long time. And I think also. Looking fab, by the way. Stop, Stop it. You are not 49, okay? About to be, when are you turning 50? November. 
you stop it. You look amazing. Oh, thank you. We have to have a separate conversation on whatever it is. That's going to need another show. <laughs> That's a whole other show. <laughs> Exactly, a whole other show. So yeah. again, you know, it was a hard process, but it was needed. And I had to go in all the uncomfortable spaces. Uncomfortable spaces. And hard, the- hard, I'm hearing hard. See, mm-hmm. this is what I want to get across to you, my life warriors. Life takes work. Living takes work. When you see people like myself and Rochelle here, that's like, you know, floating on cloud nine and happy in, in the skin we're in. And we're positive and we look like we never had a bad day in our lives. You know, she's almost, she's 49, almost 15. You can't even tell that is because we put in the work. It, you don't just, and she woke up every day doing the work, you know, and, and stepping into uncomfortable places, which is hard to do, but it's what has to be done. Wow. Wow. Good for you. Yeah, I agree. It, it has to be done. And it's, it's a process. It was a long process. And it, it was interesting because before all this, you know, I was in the classroom taking, you know, taking care of whatever you, all teachers take care of in the classroom with the parents and all that. And then this whole space is, is new for me. So I'm learning as we go. So it's, it's hard, but it's a different hard. Now it's, I love what I do so much that I will learn what to do in the background to make it happen with the fact that I'm aligned, with the fact now that I'm more confident, with the fact now that I have more faith, and then everything's going to come together. It was so cliche for me before all this. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, once once you figure out what you want, everything's going to come together. And yeah. until you live it, you don't understand it. Understand it. You really right? don't. You, you really, really don't. don't. And 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 that, that brings me to, I'm reading conversations with God. Oh, I don't know if you've ever read that. Not yet. Listen. So someone just put me onto it because they, they read my yellow weed and was like, Oh my goodness. Did you read conversations with God? You guys are very similar. I'm like, no, I didn't. So I had to read it because I was, they were like, wow, it's on the same level. So I was like, this is a big book over here. Conversations with God. Right. So many nuggets, so many nuggets. But one of the big things that they talked about it, that I love and it resonated so much was forget asking yourself, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? How to find my purpose? You have to create your purpose. It's okay. meant to be created. And that's what you just said that you did. You you went into your mind, you, ref- you you tackled your thoughts. And the other powerful quote I got from the book was, once you release a thought into the universe, you can't get it back. That scared me a lot. <laughs> Listen, you just scared me because I'm like, did I create my <laughs> destiny before this? <laughs> yeah. Very scary. And and when when she said, because I'm actually listening to the book because it's a conversation. It's easier to listen to this because it's a right. back and forth conversation. When she said that, I was like, they were like, so if you were releasing negative thoughts, original thoughts, that was the scary part. Original. I was like, it's out there. And it's attracting other like-minded thoughts. It'll manifest. manifest so now I'm, I'm trying to figure out a formula to read <laughs> like, 
get those bad thoughts back on, back on. <laughs> right? How can I wipe the slate clean? I don't know. But it was very scary. But these are the things, you know, my life warriors and that we have to be mindful of. Because it's our guide, your thoughts are your guiding light. Absolutely. Guiding thoughts and guiding guiding light. It was interesting. You said guiding thoughts and guiding guiding light. I'm thinking of the clarity coach who I didn't even know existed before this. I know. Clarity coach, but I like it. Yeah. And I found her on LinkedIn. And um, I don't know why I reached out to her, to be honest. And when I, I had a meeting with her and she said, you know, how are you feeling? Like literally, like she had empathy. And then I said, I don't know. <laughs> she said, well, you know, what's, what is it that you're thinking? And, and then she was like, there was moments of silence, which made me feel very uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> And she, and then I, and then I realized why she was a clarity coach. I had thoughts during those spaces. Yes. So I shared the thoughts and she said, would you have a voice? I said, what do you mean? Because I taught in the classroom. I, you know, I did, I conducted interviews. Yeah. I didn't, I haven't, I haven't done any presentations. I haven't done any shows. What are you talking about? Yeah. And she said, I just want you to sleep on that. I'm like, that's it. She's like, yeah, you should sleep on it. I'm cool. I get Tony Robbins staff member. I think I talked about this on the show, sent me a link to watch Brene Brown. Have you read her book? No, I haven't. Which, I've been getting all these book um, recommendations, which I have to pick up. Yeah. Brene dare Brown. to lead. Oh, dare to lead. And it talks about being... I think vulnerable. I have it and I haven't read it. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. I, get books. A... <laughs> I think I might have it. Okay. Ah, among, among the pile. Wow. Okay. And the book is, and I thought, you know, I don't know why these people are telling me to go read a book about vulnerability. I had to sleep on that because now she's telling me, think about your voice. And then I had the staff members say, well, you know, check out this video on TED Talk about Brene Brown. And then finally, it took three months before I actually, because I wasn't ready. Yeah. I wasn't ready to hear the truth. Right. So when I, I, I saw the video and she talked about vulnerability being a strength. And I said, wait a minute. All my life. I've been told not to cry, right? not to speak, um, speak when you're spoken to, you. right? And vulnerability is weakness. And she was in situations she went to, you ha- I can't give away the whole book, but she was right. in scenarios where she had audiences of males or, you know, top fortune 500 companies, right. you know, high and talking about vulnerability and she said vulnerability is only empathy do you feel what the other person's feeling 
And then when you do, when you open up, and this is was this was the key. She said, when you share your story, other people will share as well. Wow. And so then now I started bridging all the dots. So the clarity coach is saying to use a voice. And then, okay, so now I went from not always being, not being vulnerable because thinking as a weakness, and then it was coming up and then there were aligning. So I'm like, oh, what am I going to talk about? That's going to make me vulnerable that other people will share. Right. And that's how I gave birth to these talks. Because after George Floyd's murder, I, I had this, you know, a floodgate of situations that had occurred to me in Montreal that I didn't even know were, right. uh, you know, addressed to being right. racist or, or microaggressed. I didn't know there was even, a, I just thought I was working and just dealing with right. bullying. <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. That is powerful. Oh my goodness. Thank you for sharing that story. I am definitely going to add Dare to Lead to my um, my reading list. I have to get on that. I love a good book. That's going to empower me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let me, I, I can't wait to tap into my vulnerability. I, I love it. I love it. So with that being said, I'm not going to keep you any longer. <laughs> as much as I want to keep talking to you, I know you have things to do. I'm going to leave our life warriors there. Be silent with your thoughts. And then ask yourself, what am I thinking about? Right? Right. That's what am I thinking about? And that's that's I love it. That's powerful. And that is that really and truly is the beginning of the process. And it's a long journey. It's daily. It's every it's second. It's every day. It's every day. Every moment. Every moment. Every moment. Yes. Wow. Oh my gosh, Rochelle. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thanks. To me for oh. sharing your story, for giving me so I'm feeling empowered now again. I might have to go pin another quick message like I did before. <laughs> <laughs> I am feeling empowered. And I look forward to, where can everyone find you? Everyone can find me for now on, uh, on, on LinkedIn. I'm, it's, you know, it's LinkedIn.com forward slash in, and oh, then my okay. first and last name, you can post it. Perfect. And, and I know every Tuesday you have that live panel discussion that please catch those discussions every Tuesday at noon on LinkedIn connect with her so you could be a part of the discussions. They're very powerful. They're very inspirational. They're also motivating as well, especially if you are in corporate America and feeling heavy about something, you don't know what it is. Chances are you will discover it in one of these conversations. Right. Absolutely. Every Tuesday at 12 PM Eastern standard time, Eastern standard time. So thank you again, my life warriors until we meet again. Do remember, you have a coach that loves you.